and welcome to episode 144 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this morning are our usual hosts, Spirit and Vrabin. How are you doing this bright and early morning, Spirit? Good morning. I'm making it. I'm here. That's a good start. That's right. You're you're here and you're able to vocalize things, so, you know, it's better than nothing. And how are you doing this morning yourself, Vrabin? Doing pretty well. This might be the last episode that I am um, participating in for a while because I'm going to get married. Congratulations! This. Next week I have fly to Japan, so yeah, that's exciting. So yeah, his uh, schedule is going to be pending, uh, so we have no idea what his normal availability is going to be after that. So hopefully we'll still we'll be see. able to have you. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully you'll still be able to be on at least from time to time. But uh, time time. yeah, so this week. There was kind of a lot that was said, and kind of all of it was the same thing. And so we're not exactly sure really what to talk about too much, but there was a whole bunch of press stuff from what we mentioned last week about uh, a bunch of people getting invited to ArenaNet, and then PAX is happening as we're recording right now, but we've already had a day of it, so, you know, uh, I don't know. Who wants to start? Does anybody have anything in mind particularly that is worth discussing well are we which segment are we going into i guess is my question i mean i mean i guess it's i guess it's rotating cog okay because <laughs> i was ready to start putting on my tinfoil hat really oh well you know what let's just do a tinfoil hat it really doesn't matter there's hardly anything to talk about this week <laughs> okay because we were talking a little bit in the pre-show about the exalted and I think it's interesting that they don't really say they're exalted, which neither confirms or denies that they are um, Mersat, like most people think they are thinking they are. I mean, they bear such a um, physical representation, sort of resemblance to the Mersat. They can't be not related. Yeah. Double negative and, there. Well, and, but yeah. And for reference, then, for people who you know didn't hear the pre-show, obviously, we're, we're talking in relation to the list of masteries that Richie Procopio made is a video about. Is that the only place that they were, they were mentioned as the exalted, then? I believe so, and I this is so okay. yeah. There's actually a whole mastery line for them, the Exalted lore, um, and in it that also mentions getting services from the Exalted in the Golden City, which we also don't know what it is. But can uh, it perchance be a Golden City? Well, well, I think the Golden City might be um, a place where, if on the outskirts of it, is a place that Calyx go and mope. Yeah. Um, well, also. There was, didn't we see sort of a golden-y looking city on the announcement video? Yeah, I think we did. Yes. Yeah, so that's probably what that is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. It's, uh, at the very least, they're called something different than Mersat. Unless, well, I mean, it could be something else, too, I guess. Unless this is just a filler word they're using at the moment, and they don't want to say Mersat yet, or Mersat kin, or whatever they really are. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's really hard to say, but it's obviously they're a big deal because they get their whole mastery. They get their own mastery line, which is kind of cool. Well, it's also interesting. I mean, what we've got two forms of uh, two tribes of uh, frog people. Uh, I'm Hylic. blank. Yeah, two tribes of Hylic that have their own mastery line as well. Yeah, I guess that's true. Is, is that it... Newhawk? I would imagine those are both Hylic. Um, the speculation that I've heard, and that by my mind, this is entirely speculation, but the speculation is that the bullish Newhawk tribe members are maybe Minotaur. Oh, whoa. We haven't really had any Minotaur in Guild Wars, with the exception of the Underworld, a Atax, a Achi, 
however you pronounce those things. Yeah, those things. I remember those. Those things were, you know, wearing soft armor and not prepared, you were just down. Dude, even if you're wearing heavy armor, you just got down. Those things wrecked. Uh, but yeah, so that means we'll have talking minotaurs. I mean, maybe. maybe. We're we, uh, this is like this is like speculators' corner, tinfoil hat, rotating cog, all thrown into one. We're very efficient this week. It I is. mean, there's really not much else to say. There's only one piece of really concrete news, and we'll talk about that later. But pretty much, pretty much all of it is. All of the stuff from the press event was pretty much, we got to play it, and it was fun. And, you know, like I said, Bog Otter, Richie Procopio's uh, list of masteries was pretty much the only real crunch material that we got to look at, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, I, you know, it was actually kind of interesting that I was disappointed in a way, because I, one of the things I'd criticized before launch is that ArenaNet never really... Maybe not always through their own fault, because I think at one point I edited it up and four or five out of the eight professions were leaked. And I was kind of disappointed that ArenaNet never put themselves forward and presented their stuff first. It seemed to always be someone else. And it may not have always been their fault, but this time when they were like, here, let's show you everything. And then they literally showed us everything that they were going to show us, which is why we got no news today, is because it wasn't... We didn't... We, we had all the information that they were going to show us already, which is kind of a bummer. I was looking forward to learning some new stuff, but also at the same time, I guess kudos to ArenaNet for being really upfront with everything. Because basically everything, all the skill descriptions, all the traits, everything was straight from their mouth, which was kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we've... Yeah, we, we know all the major systems, at least according to ArenaNet. So that's exciting and it just seems that they're not really ready to show us the exact implementation of most of those systems so you know we're we're neither going to get a big announcement like oh we're introducing this system called masteries you know because they already told us that and Mm -hmm. clearly we're not really getting a full detailing of how these things work or those types of things we got we got some as i mentioned from this list but i mean i I can only assume that's not all of them. <laughs> so I think it might be actually. Really? I just did the math super quick, which is why I haven't been talking a whole lot because I whipped out a calculator and I was like, "Man, that seems like a lot." Um, so to complete all of the Heart of Maguma trait lines, bear in mind that I've done this really quickly since the show started, so I may be slightly off. But to complete all of the Heart of Thorns trait lines or mastery lines, rather, to be more accurate, it would take 179 mastery points, mm-hmm. which is a heck of a lot. Well, we don't um, know how many that is. I mean, <sighs> if you said it was 179 skill points, that's nothing. I mean, you can but earn I mean, a billion skill points. In a points. way, they are, right? Like, unless we're getting multiples of them from open world stuff, but they come from, like, things that you interact... From my understanding, they come from things you interact with, leveling up, uh, and there was achievements there. Well, like achievements and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess there's a, there's a lot of different ways to get them. And like well, one uh, that we see in the bog otter video is, you know, he kills, what looks like a champion. And then we see a mastery panel come up where it looks like maybe you could choose which, if you want it to be for the exalted or for glider or something else is what it appears to be. Yeah. Well, and we're also going to be getting some back credit for, you know, for mastery points based on things we've already completed. 
Right, but those, and my understanding again there, which may be wrong, is that those are going to be specifically for Pacteria, which is what they're calling the kind of the core game. Uh, uh, I don't so think only... so. Okay, I hope not. Well, hope because it's I, that's I, the way I understood it. My understanding is that again, remember we have two different systems relating to masteries. We have mastery points, and then we have like the training of mastery aspect. So you spend mastery points to start training the mastery that you just spent the points on, and then you gain experience to actually like finish training it. And it sounds to me like mastery points are mastery points. No matter how you got them, you can spend them on any. But when you're training, you only train masteries that you have in the region that you're in. So okay, are you thinking kind of like are you thinking kind of like progression tracks in PDP? Yeah, kind of like that. You have like to that. be in a zone to yeah, get. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you get you have X mastery points, and you say, okay, I'm gonna spend one mastery point for mushroom lore rank one. So now you need to train that that mastery point. And whenever you're in Maguma or heart, you know, Heart of Thorns, Maguma, I guess you would be progressing towards that because that's the region it's from. But as soon as you go out to Core Tyria or Pact Tyria, you then are no longer working on the mushrooms. You'd be working on whatever Pacteria one you were currently working on, if you had one. At least that was my understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think that makes a lot more sense because I would be really disappointed if the mastery points you get day one, the our retroactive ones, could be used on the the Heart of Thorns mastery tracks. I think that would be. It makes more sense, but it doesn't make me happy if that makes sense because i would rather everyone start off on an equal playing field and i'm just worried that like especially through through tomes of knowledge and stuff if they don't do that then it's if they or sorry i should clarify tomes of knowledge give you a level well we know the skill point scrolls aren't going to give you mastery points we don't know how tomes of knowledge are going to interact interact with level 80 characters mm -hmm. so if you can take a pile of tomes of knowledge go to verdant brink and spam the crap out of all of those uh and it's entirely feasible if not common to have piles of those in your bank especially now with the the changes in dailies where you're getting a lot of terms of knowledge and a lot of us have a lot of max level characters now because the game's been out for a long time so i'm really hopeful that they they do something about that because if it's if it doesn't work like that and you're able to spam a lot of things into your masteries day one then yeah that's great for you from a convenience standpoint but holy crap is it gonna gut the if like the purpose of that system which is to to have a, a mastery progression after 80 because effectively they're not at least in my opinion the, the mastery system is just a replacement for leveling, right? Like, it's not going to yeah. be a race to, to level 80 anymore. It's going to be a race to whoever is the max mastery points. And it's it's not going to be as efficient as 80. It's going to be a little bit more... Well, it's more tailored, obviously. Well, that's, yeah. That's why I kind of think what you're saying has, is good and bad. I kind of want it to be that way, where you could spam your tomes of knowledge and kind of don't want it to be that way. Because, and, and this maybe shows how ultra-casual I am, but I feel like you can read in some of these what you have to get your exalted lore to 12 so you can stand in defiance of the wyverns so that sounds to me like you're not going to be able to 
uh, participate or participate well in a wyvern fight, you know, up on these pedestals that they've kind of told us they're going to be on until you've done that. And if that takes a while to get to, I'll be in the same boat I was at launch when a lot of my guild was, you know, running around and running stuff. And I'm still like level 40 because I didn't max myself to it. If there's a way to get right to that, I'm for that. That way I can participate with my friends who play more than me. Well, and again, this also sort of comes back to whether or not there's more than what we've seen here. Mm-hmm. It's also very fe- uh, yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of things I want to say about that because uh, what you said is is definitely good food for thought. You know, I I think that they don't want people to just be at maxed masteries right off the gate, and I think that that's probably reasonable that they don't want that. On the other hand, if you're talking about having multiple stacks of tomes of knowledge, like I. That's actually a lot. I mean, and there's a part of me that wants to say, like, if you've played this game for 4,000 hours, like, I'm not opposed to you being able to gain some benefit from some of those things when it comes to that. I mean, it's kind of true in every other aspect of an expansion, too, like, especially in traditional MMOs where things cost where, you know, you get new new gear caps and such, where if you've been playing so much that you're completely stacked and loaded, you're pretty much going to be able to unlock everything at once anyway. But that's kind of... You're, you kind of already have that mentality anyway if you keep playing that hard. But I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are not like us, that have way less resources than we have. So I don't... I I wouldn't want them to simultaneously design a system that takes so long even for the super hardcores that, you know, like Robin said, that a lot of the more casual players get completely excluded from doing things because it's designed around the resources that, that we have after playing a lot more of this game than the common player. So that said, yeah. if you're listening to this and you want a guild with people who have stuff, come join play with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it's it's very interesting, though. I mean... It's, again, we don't know, there's too many unknown variables to really make a full judgment, but there's a lot of food for thought, because we don't know how plentiful Mm -hmm. mastery points are going to be, we don't know if there's going to be more masteries, like, it's entirely possible that there's more masteries they haven't shown us because of spoilers, you know, like, yeah, these ones are pretty, like, you can bounce off mushrooms, and you can, like, the most spoilery one is the one we led with, which was the Exalted lore, you know, but all the other ones are the you know the different versions of Hylic, which we already knew about, and the mobility ones and the wyvern. Yeah, I'm hoping that the mushroom lore could lead into all kinds of crazy stuff that ends up being kind of like a Zelda dungeon. Yeah, like I bouncing off mushrooms to like hit a boss, and like we talked about the final boss in the last uh, the last living story instance was so Zelda esque, and it was great. Yeah, I also wanted to key off of something uh, that Spirit said. While you were while you were talking about these things, which was that this is effectively the replacement for a level cap increase. It really and is. I, I just I just wanted to say that I really like this system of doing that because again, it's very tailored to a specific area. So say they add another region somewhere down the future, either via living story or whatever, you don't have to have been hardcore 
grinding masteries in order to be at the same starting point as everybody else when you enter that new region because the masteries from the old regions will be for the old regions and so it's not like a level cap increase where being now level 90 say carries over into everywhere and you just are permanently ahead of people that haven't been playing as much you know i i like that idea of kind of having these gating these gating mechanics that are only in these specific areas so yeah you might be behind the area that's been out for a while but having not spent masteries in maguma or Corteria doesn't have an impact on you in you know i don't know say say far shiver peaks or wherever you know they might add mm-hmm. crystal that's desert golden city yeah yeah uh yeah i i think it's i think it's a really smart way that they've come up with post 80 progression i mean again we'll have to see how all this stuff shakes out when we find out the proliferation of these points and stuff i I like it better than a level cap as you were saying but it does seem a little bit more to me i guess i guess just an opinion more grindy and more um less new than they've touted it to be but we already know how arena net does oh this is new and you're like well um, it's not that new i like it though i i think it's going to be really good for the game yeah. I do. I really I mean, do. Yeah, I was I was critical of it earlier, and I, I I agree that it is it is a really good thing. I don't want people to get confused that I I don't like it, but I have worries about it. I guess just like everything else, it's changed. It's scary. I don't know. I'm hoping it'll be a good thing, and it does show some promise. Yeah. Well, and another thing also is it does depend on how hard it is to get increasing. You know, say those twelve mastery point ones for Wyvern Defiance. It it may take exponentially more experience to gain the higher level masteries. So, you know, yet again, those consumable experience items may or may not carry you as far as we think, if they work at all. I mean, it's uh, right. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, it's yeah. Oh, that was a good little that was a good little discussion. So, how do you guys feel about? I mean, I the. The, again, the masteries is really the heart of what we have to talk about this week because it's really the only concrete information that we can really do that isn't just saying it felt good from all the different people that played the demo. Well, if we're going to say it felt good, I did like watching a little bit of gameplay of the Revenant and seeing him swing that hammer. Oh, that's yeah, like, that's wow, true. My, hit your arms would be like freaking huge if you really did that with a hammer all day. <laughs> I mean, come on. These Revenants are going to be buff. <laughs> I hope my char have the one-handed hammer revenant, or like the one-handed great sword animations with the hammer. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty sick. Uh, so, how do you guys feel about some of these ones that are? I'm trying to remember where it is. I think it's one of the exalted lore that gets rid of the tough bark. Yeah, how how do you feel about that as a mechanic? I don't. We haven't been. There's no confirmation that that gets rid of the tough bark, as in. The uh, was it the husks that you fight in uh, in the silver waste? Does it do that, or are there actually new enemies that um, you can't hurt until you remove that? If it if it removes the tough bark from a husk, and then all of a sudden you've effectively found a way to go around conditions, which I thought husks kind of brought conditions back into the game, at least in PvE, PvE a little bit, that you could use them and be have a viable build and not just zerk everything. Mm-hmm. So if they're pulling the armor off a husk, I'm like, that's stupid. They shouldn't do that because then you're just bringing um, power builds back in and you're hurting the people who say, hey, I finally can do a little bit of uh, condition damage and be viable. So if they're doing that, I think it's dumb. But if 
no, this is something where you can't hurt an enemy or hurt a portion of an enemy. Maybe the, I think it'd be cool, and I know I've talked about this with uh, Shongaku before, if they made some boss, much like Tequadal, a world boss, that has a head target point, where you can target his head, but his head is heavily armored. So you have the option to tear that armor off somehow, or you can just go for the body, and it might take longer. Hmm. I think something like that, and I, I've probably gone way off what this is, but something like that would bring some depth into world bosses instead of being, you know, because world bosses were really cool at launch, but, and they're still really cool, but they're these giant things with, you know, normal size hitboxes. And it kind of takes away, once you figure out the mechanic of it, it kind of takes away the enormity of the boss. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping, this is a little side tangent, I'm hoping that some of their camera fixes restore some of the scale of bosses and such. Um, Yes. Yeah, because there's so much time that you spend just zoomed in looking at their foot. So I would love that. But Kate, how do you feel? How do you feel about that kind of like removing tough bark as a mechanic, or really same thing with the wyvern? You know, about not getting knocked around. Um, I'm really not sure how I feel that. I think in the past I've always said that it's not a good thing because to me it seems like. I want always, 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 I'm going to take the I want player skill to be more valuable over an arbitrary thing, whether it's gear score, whether it's, uh, you know, like a, a trait you have or whatever. I always, always, always want player skill to be the thing that dodges the mechanic, not your arbitrary buff, armor, whatever. So if this... If these mechanics, or if, if these mastery points are circumventing mechanics, then it's bad. Or if vice they... versa, if the mechanics are effectively impossible without them. Right, yeah, that that too. Um, so it's a fine line arena that's going to have to walk. I think it'll be okay. Like, I watched, I watched um, Wooden Potatoes did an interview with the devs, which didn't... It was a good interview in that he got a lot of information out of them, but I'm not sure it was necessarily new. Uh, we'll link to that in in the description. But it's in anyway in the background of that interview, he he fought the wyvern and he actually duoed it with one other person, and and managed to nearly or completely slay it. Um, and we I don't know what if any mastery points they had access to. Um, we know at least they had gliding because they were able to use updrafts and stuff, but I would imagine that the other the other ones weren't maxed out or close to maxed out. Right. So, I don't know, but it seems possible. And so it seems possible that TTS is going to figure out how to uh, own this wyvern <laughs> without any mastery points, and they're going to have it all down. They're like, you don't need mastery points, guys. Come on. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. That's my hope I as hope well. So. I I yeah, hope that, that it's cool. more that way than I if I had to choose between something being a circumventing a mechanic <clears throat> versus being gated where you can't do it without the mastery, I would definitely pick the former because you know, I have less of a problem with someone just being more efficient at it because they have a trait than I do with not mm-hmm. being able to do it uh, at all because I don't have that trait. But I I very much agree with with what you said there. I think I think it is going to be a very fine line because it in in many ways it reminds me or these these specific masteries as we've heard them remind me a lot of agony and I hate agony. I I mean as a condition I don't hate it, but I hate the idea of agony and agony resist being the primary mm-hmm. block 
behind progressing in fractals because again it has it has nothing to do with your skill and i have no doubt in my mind that i could do level 50 fractals skill wise but i just don't care enough to get that much agony resistance and speaking of which what do you think about the fractal attunement mastery and details are obscured by the mists (laughs) i thought that was a funny uh a funny way to reference that spirit do you have any thoughts about this thing that we don't know anything about it's it i think this is exactly the thing that i was talking about that i didn't want where again it's going to be an arbitrary like you have so many points so you get and i don't even know what they're gonna do because if they the sorry that sounded like i really have an attitude but like i (laughs) i'm not not sure i understand (laughs) the, the point of this straight line because you by making fractals easier you circumvent the purpose of fractals which is to progress to a point where it's hard but then you'll be rewarded appropriately so i don't well maybe maybe they do things like increase rewards or things like that well if they're going to increase rewards they should just straight up increase rewards it shouldn't be like a you have to have so many you can do both thing I know. The probably, thing, honestly, the... if they if they reward at, at retroactively, I'm already at 50, so I'm probably going to have a, a good way into this by the time it launches. So we'll see. The, I mean, the only other option is precursor crafting for my retroactive ones, which is possible, but I've got enough legendaries to last me. Wait, what? Uh, I'm so. sorry, I'm kind of confused by what you're talking about. So when we get points retroactively, my understanding is the retroactive points will be exclusively for Pacteria. So even though I've map completed and, and done all that stuff, whatever points I get retroactively, I will have to decide to spend between Fractal Attunement and Legendary Precursor Crafting. So day one, I'm going to have several, if not, you know, depending on how many points we get retroactively, I will have several tiers into Fractal Attunement and we'll see then. Right. Yeah, I can't um, Unless it works. Unless it works the way that I thought it did. Yeah. yeah. I took this a little differently, and I guess this will have probably retroactive effects in fractals, but I'm just glad that they haven't abandoned fractals and they're still thinking about it. I hope that that'll go somewhere and we'll get more fractals and maybe even be able to go on 50 some, go beyond 50 someday, even though I'm like still level 14. Yeah. Well, it, it brings up something that I think is sort of behind Kate's frustration, uh, which is that we, as in Kate and I, both like to do a wide variety of sections in this game like we like to do almost all of the content in the game Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of these masteries are more they're a little bit more tailored towards people that really like one area of the game do you know what i mean i mean not necessarily it depends again on how long it takes to get these but the idea of fractal masteries could be really appealing to players that only want to run fractals or things like fractals all the time and so they have something that is sort of unique to their own little play area that they like to run in and that they get special benefits from being like really dedicated to this area of the game Mm -hmm. so so in a way i think that's really cool but as players that like to do a lot of aspects of the game it definitely puts some fear in our hearts, I think, uh, or, you know, in our minds, rather, that that we'll get excluded from some of these things because we won't be able to have the masteries in every single thing all at once, and we're the type of people that like to flit around between different 
game I modes. I think that would be fear in the heart of you know a, a true completionist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I'm I'm a little bit torn on things like fractal masteries. Yeah. I I again, we don't we have no idea intentionally on their part what would be in a fractal mastery. So once again, it's hard to comment on whether it's cool or not. But I don't really have a problem with the idea of having you know say increased drop rates or maybe you know even something as simple as um like each fractal map has a unique or like a special harvestable resource that you can only get if you have this mastery like things i mean things like that i mean who who knows you know who knows because like yeah. the the oh gosh which the flame and frost fractal still has the azurite that you can get mm-hmm. in it so, I mean, they could incorporate things like that into fractals of, you know, things that may be available elsewhere in the game, but are more rare or things like that, that just like having this mastery just gives you some extra, you know, extra mining or whatever. Um, and I think things like that would be really cool, because as somebody who doesn't fractal that much, I would still fractal and be like, oh, well, oh, no, I don't get to mine something. I'm still not going to spend mastery points on it. But people that do it all the time might be like, oh, this is a you know genuine source of income for me. Um, yeah, yeah I, I guess I'm I'm kind of on the other side of that. I would be really annoyed that because I don't do fractals all the time, I don't have access to this resource now that I'm doing it like once a week, you know? I'd just be like, oh, well, just because I don't do this every day doesn't mean I can't touch that stupid resource node. I want it. I want everything, you guys. I'm, I'm mean like that. Well, then uh, what do you think about that uh, stomach training that you need to ingest speed-increasing mushrooms found scattered in the hearts of Maguna? I'm actually, you know, I really liked the Zephyrite stuff until I moved to But we're going to get stomach training. That's, I don't know what to think of that. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. <laughs> That's so funny. So, the real takeaway is Anet needs... Work. The real takeaway is Anet needs Oceanic servers. Yeah, it's so frustrating because i know ne- i never had a problem on you know back home about any of the the zephyrite stuff but as soon as i come here every time you pick up a lightning crystal it's like a gamble whether you'll get to the the thing or not because it either it'll throw you short like you'll you'll go halfway through the arc and then just drop out of the sky or it'll launch you over where you targeted and you'll just keep going and going and going and going and you're like hey i'm in a different map from where i started when am i gonna stop Ow. Um, so it's just really, really miserable to try and target that, that stuff. And that, like, even though I put my, my AOE on, on this ledge, it's been throwing me. And I actually, I, <laughs> this is, this is new anger for me. I just finished up my dry top, uh, my dry top coin collecting from that last area that I had been putting off for forever. And it was miserable. And I hope the mushrooms aren't like that, because holy crap, I will just be angry all the time. Well, I guess I've got a tech question. I don't know exactly, and I don't know if anyone here knows, but I don't know exactly how the, uh, you know, the, the super mega servers, that's the word I'm looking for, the mega servers work. So if there were oceanic servers and you were on one, would that take care of your lag, but then someone not on necessarily oceanic servers would be in the same map? Is there that type of overlay with the mega server system or not? Um, not... So to answer your question based off of like what exists, mm-hmm. the game is set up so that 
anyone from anywhere can play with each other. Like it was originally not intended that EU and North America servers would be separate. They wanted every everyone to be able to play together just like Guild Wars 1. When they bought server like I don't know the correct terminology, when they got server centers to host the like the game and the mega servers and like everything on it. Um, my understanding is that the reason that North America and EU players can't play together is because they're, the server centers in which they're located will not communicate with each other properly. Um, and that's based off what I remember from really early on at launch. It's entirely possible. By the way, the market is entirely global. Um, except for the, China. Yeah, except for China. But they're the, they're the exception because they're China, not because they like wouldn't. I not did because, not know like, that, that would include I d- them. I didn't realize that EU was on a on the same market as us. Yeah, and also I guess that makes sense because you can mail between them. Yeah. So there might yeah, be some sort of like weird too. Yeah, there might be some sort of weird like crazy market profiteering that you could do if you could like buy a crap load of stuff cheaper on EU and then mail it to your NA account and then mm-hmm. yeah, that's that is probably exactly why it is that way. Is in order to preserve well, mail functionality, they want you to be on the same economy. I guess. I, th- I think actually the way it is that way is because they didn't want any separation, but they just couldn't make the servers talk to each other. I believe that was the explanation when at launch everyone was like, oh, we want to play with our friends from the other areas. And by the way, anytime they want to be like, oh, you can totally play with your friends from EU now, I'm like, oh, God, five guild slots is not enough because I love RPS and Dragon Season way too much. Uh, but that's 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 my problem that I will take with me the day they announce that I will cry actual tears of joy and throw a giant party in Guild Wars. Wait, can we play with EU people now? No. Oh, okay. You were just saying but that the day they announce that I will be so excited. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I was gonna say, sweet, did I miss that patch or like when did that happen? No. <laughs> no. Sadly. So yes, I guess that answers my question. The fact that if there are now oceanic servers and they're separated the same way uh, EU servers are, we wouldn't be able to play together. But I guess my uh, question, I guess I need to refine it a little more, would be more, let's say the mega, sister, mega, mega server system works that people on Northern Shiver Peaks can play with people on uh, Blackgate or whatever. Yaxbend. Mm-hmm. Yaxbend, sure. And so if both those people are on the same map, but they're on different servers, does the tech work? And maybe this is too technical. Where one is actually being hosted from the servers closer to them, that way they get less lag, yet they still appear to be in the same map together. Uh, Does that make any sense? Yes and no. I mean, as far as server location geographically, the servers only exist in clusters on mm-hmm. in NA and EU and China. So, What, what made me think of this, though, is if um, they had something like that that would allow you to not get lag but still be on the same map as one of your friends... That's, that's, I just thought of it because of what Spirit was saying about you know the troubles of the crystals. Well, that's that is what the distinction is. Is if you're, I mean, at the moment the distinction is whether you're in the same server cluster at all. So if you get lag on NA servers, like you will always be lagging if you're playing with people on NA because it can't connect between EU and NA, and there isn't an Oceanic one. If they had server clusters that were like multiple clusters for NA, then I don't know how that would work. Like I, I don't, I don't know the interaction. But as it currently stands, my knowledge is that, you know, it's you're you're I either in the back, same. Yeah, I always go back to, and I never played World of Warcraft much. But I always go back to when you could make your death knight because I think I made level sixty five with a hunter, and then I made a death knight, and that death knight opening 
sequence was really interesting in how you would phase servers and not even realize it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a thing we can talk about. You reminded me of a thing. Hold on, I got a link. Okay. Uh, part of that, actually, though, Raven, the phasing is not actually different servers, I don't believe. I think it's actually just different um, like renders on your client side. So you're like actually in the same server, but you can't it doesn't allow you to see other people or the terrain that they are seeing because it uh, because of phasing but you're actually on the same servers yeah i suppose i, I mean it's almost at that point it's almost like a virtual server even because the thing that i thought was really interesting about it is when i would walk from i think there was this hut that i was in and i walked away from it and when i walked back it got like hit with a bomb or burned down and i'm like whoa i didn't even change zones or anything i mean this was you know a while ago so maybe that's not such an interesting thing anymore but then i realized there was another person in the instance with me and i'm like holy crap that's cool that's some neat tech yeah i mean yeah phasing is is pretty cool but um yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's getting kind of deep into it how, is. It is. how clients like render and process data from the server and that kind of stuff. I'm bunny trailing Speaking... pretty hard. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, uh, no, I totally got this. Speaking of how clients process data and whatever else Garbox said, because <laughs> I wasn't really listening. Uh, the streaming client is in beta. Yay! And I accidentally just hit a link and lost my... Damn it. Are you in Where Chrome? Did it go? I was on the page, and then I clicked a link, and it won't go back to the page. Oh. Did it open a new tab? No, it just didn't ah, want to go back. Yeah, so basically, if you add dash streaming client to the target line of your Guilders 2 shortcut, you can... There's only a Test certain amount out. you need to download of the game before you can start playing. Which is uh, how it used to be in Guild Wars 1. Yeah. Is it really? Hmm? Yeah. I had forgotten Cause, like, that. Because remember, like, loading a zone for the first time if you didn't do a full install? Oh my yep. god, yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly what this is. It's that's like, what happened with uh, um, Edge of the... Uh, no, uh, what am I thinking? Gwen. Oh, I the North. I the North. I the North, yeah. I remember everyone, you know, bought that online, and everyone was... Our whole guild, most of our alliance, were sitting in Ventrilo, waiting for it to load, like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Loading. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 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 nice, especially for people that you know uh, have poorer speeds to be able to get in quickly and then let it go in the background while you're you know doing whatever you're doing in the current zone you're in. So hopefully that gets to full production quickly. Have you tried it, Spirit? Uh no. No. <laughs> I haven't had a reason to. Like there hasn't been a patch or anything. Yeah, that's fair. And. Yeah, but if I get into the beta, you can bet that that's going to be there. And then I am not going to be able to play while it downloads in the background, because it'll just be so laggy and ridiculous. But I'll be like, I'm so happy. Aren't you going to be fixing that soon, though? Um, I'm getting an unlimited cap. Who knows what that'll do to speed? I have a 0.8 upload right now. You See, guys. there are it's places in fancy. the world. Uh, there are places in the world where you know we just can't get very fast internet, and Alaska and New Zealand are one of those places. Two of those places. Also, also the middle of America. Anyway, uh, back back to show stuff though. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's that's good news. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about on Masteries before moving on? There's one more thing, and I don't know how related it is, and I know, I may have said this in the show before, I know I've said it to other people in the guild, and I'd like to see this integrated in Masteries, or if, especially if Masteries are zone-specific. Um, mm -hmm. Like, we've seen with Drytop and with Silver Waste, you know, we've got new currencies, which is, 
kind of annoying. We have so many currencies, but it's cool in the same way. We've got currencies to do things specific to that map. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it'd be really awesome because part of, partly is my bank is filling up with some of these currencies when I'm you know trying to build up to get the stuff I want. If some of these masteries would allow us new slots in our bank or bags or something to store some of these currencies. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think they'd tie that to masteries. I think they'd just put that well, in for everybody. Put, well, put it in. Yeah, put it in somehow where you achieve something on the map to get the bag or the bank slot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I want to tie that to masteries for storage yeah, you're space. Yeah, right. probably not tie it to masteries, <laughs> but somehow implement it into the map. And since map, map, since masteries are kind of map related, I figured it was the only time to say that. And forgive you me know, if I said I'm, it on the show before. I mean, speaking of new maps and masteries, I am actually really hopeful and excited that for whenever Living World kicks back off, that we'll get new masteries with new zones. Like, imagine how cool it would be to have like a Silver Waste mastery that gave you other access to cool stuff. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's that's the kind of stuff that excites me about the mastery system because if you don't care about silver waste, then you don't care about the mastery system, and so it's not like you're losing out on a new level cap or gear cap. But if you do care about it, then you've got something to work towards, and that's you know that's kind of neat. Is that pretty much it? Are we are we pretty much done? <laughs> I think so. I just noticed that you like there's four tiers in the precursor one mm-hmm. and each tier gives access to different precursors which is a little bit i don't think that that's what that means the you first tier so? of precursor collections does not mean necessarily you have to go all the way in to get access to the heart of maguma one specifically that's fair yeah i mean but that that could just mean for the new legendary for the new precursors you have to do that but I, I mean, we don't know how this is going to work by any means, but I'm sort mm-hmm. of envisioning it like the, whatchamacallit, uh, Luminescent set. Like, those were different collections, but you had to do all of them before you actually got the Ascended Armor piece at the end. Like, you had right. to do each Carapace piece and then do those as a Luminescent piece collection, and then you had another collection for luminescent pieces like that's how i'm sort of imagining it is that as in the scavenger hunt mentality that each tier will be like the next stage of collections that you have to do to actually ultimately finish it maybe that's completely bs but i don't know now, I like that interpretation better than that they've decided that all of the, like, by price tiers, so, like, Venom, the Torch, and, like, the rest of the underwater ones are tier one, and then, well, like, the Chosen, and all of the other ones around that price point are two, and then whatever is left is three. I like that's, your interpretation better. That's my hope. And then, yeah, and then the Heart of Maguma has, like, a separate tier, which, whatever, like, I, I'm fine with that distinction, but... That would be my hope. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is exactly like what you said with with that. I just hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it's not. Yeah, I think like, it's funny how we all interpret. Like, there's like four lines of text, and we're all like, maybe it means this, but no, it's this totally other thing. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of that's the nature of where we're at with information at this point. Like, we've got little tidbits of text, and we've got vague descriptions of systems, but we have very little in terms of implementation details. And we mm-hmm. haven't gotten those big blog posts like we had pre-release where they went deep into depth on, on one one specific system. And I would assume that we're going to get some of those, but 
Oh, right. But speaking of the one really concrete thing that we do know that they put on the blog that I said that we'd talk about later and we didn't is you can sign up for beta access simply by signing up for the newsletter, which uh, is an easy step and that they're going to be doing starting beta pretty soon after PAX and it Um, will have no NDA. Yeah, ResD is next weekend and they said it would be after ResD for sure. So it's not going to be in the next like week or two, but very shortly after that, I would say. Yeah, yeah, like easily in March. So it's it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. And just sign up for the newsletter if you want to be enrolled for access to the beta. And, you know, again, it's not it's by no means a guarantee. But if that is something that you're interested in doing, go ahead and do it. And there's no NDA, which is exciting. If any of you listeners uh, want to send us stuff about the beta, if you get in about your impressions or questions or anything uh you know we might like to talk about that on the show because that could be an extra source of information for us that we personally have more of a connection with so i guess uh do we have a cast cast this week you didn't write one i have a cast cast i've been so busy with like the visa process it's awful i have to get a chest x-ray to prove to them that i'm not spreading tuberculosis and so that has been my (laughs) my major my major time spent this week yeah. You know, tuberculosis is a real problem in foreign countries, especially in that area of the world. Oh, yeah. I'm not or saying it it's not a thing, but okay, listen, not to like totally spin off about New Zealand immigration process here. But, but let's spin, spin off spend about New Zealand. Months- <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can spend three months in the country on a traveler's visa, but if you want to spend longer than that, you have to prove that you do not have ter- tuberculosis. So I you could have spread here, it like, everywhere. Yeah. Already. You know, rampantly for a few months not that i have probably shouldn't talk about that on the show anyway let's anyway but that's the thing anyway yeah this week on cast cast we're gonna put you links to the mega the mega post on reddit that has all of the bloggers and news sites that got to go to the press release day and that is our cast cast where they all talk about the same stuff that we talked about so uh without further ado thanks for listening we should be back next week